Did my mic work? Yes. Great job, tech team. Thank y'all. Christ is risen. And some cheers. Woo! Hear now the Easter message from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they could go and anoint Jesus' dead body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they came to the tomb. They were saying to each other, who's going to roll the stone away from the entrance for us? When they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, and it was a very large stone. Going into the tomb, they saw a young man in a white robe seated on the right side, and they were startled. But he said to them, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised. He isn't here. Look, here's the place where they laid him. Go tell his disciples, especially Peter, that he is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you. Overcome with terror and dread, the women fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let the church say, thanks be to God. Now, some of you may be sitting there thinking, wait a minute, where's the rest of the story? Mark is actually the oldest of the four gospel, and this original version of Mark, the oldest version of Mark, stops right there. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Mark's version is quite different from the other three gospels. In all four gospels, the women come early to the tomb. In all three gospels, the women in all four Gospels, the women encounter an empty tomb. However, in Mark's version, in this translation, the women's reaction is different. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. At some point during my childhood, I became really scared of going to bed. I was a sleepwalker, so maybe that was part of my fear. And there were a few nights where I would wake up and I'd be on the couch downstairs, which is not where I started the night. Or I would wake up with these vague memories of roaming the house, and I was never sure if that was real or if they were a dream. To combat my fear of falling asleep, I'd have a radio beside my bed with Christian music blaring to keep those positive thoughts flowing, you know. And most nights, my dad stayed by my bed until I fell asleep. I cannot tell you the origins of my fear. Although if my parents were here, they would tell you that it had something to do with watching one too many episodes of the Power Rangers. However, we can't prove that, so we don't really know the origins of my fear. And I can't explain to you here and now why that fear was so paralyzing to me. 
but it was. It especially was as a child. I felt vulnerable, and I felt unable to control this overwhelming feeling of fear. It was like I would get into my own head so deeply that I couldn't comprehend any rational thoughts of safety and that there really wasn't anything to be fearful of. Fear can dictate how we live our lives. We may avoid certain areas out of fear. We may avoid certain people out of fear. We may even withhold true, honest pieces of ourselves out of fear of how the world may react. These women in Mark are fearful, and I would argue rightly so. These women have been through a lot. They've been through a lot just in the past few days. All three of these women are named right before this chapter, in chapter 15, during the crucifixion. Verses 40 and 41 say this, Some women were watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome. When Jesus was in Galilee, these women had followed and supported him, along with many other women who had come to Jerusalem with him. These three women are invested. They don't just come to the tomb out of an obligation or out of sheer curiosity. The women are coming to honor, to remember their dear friend and their teacher. They're coming to prepare the body of the one they've traveled with, the one they've come to follow and lean on, and the one they've just seen crucified. The women's fear doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's safe to assume that they are in the midst of a deep, dark grief that has overtaken their day-to-day -day actions. They expect to arrive at the tomb and find the body of their loved one and to honor it. This morning, all over the world, pastors, priests, worship leaders, I even heard the Pope this morning, they will bring up the pandemic. It's a relevant thing for us to be talking about. It's hard to overlook and not talk about it when it has had such an influence on the people we've all had to become and the precautions we've all had to take. Last year on Easter, none of our services were live or in person. And actually, last year, just a few weeks before Easter, we thought that Easter 2020 would be our big come back to church push, only for the reality of the severity of the situation to really set in. Each of us have seen grief in our own way this past year. We've lost loved ones. We've missed special events. We've been put in uncomfortable situations that we could have never imagined. Our grief, like the women's, have changed the way we go about our day-to-day -day life. We know fear. And we know fear in a collective way. 
We've all mourned together in our common loss, our loss that's been driven by a fear of COVID and the pandemic. And now, with hope on the horizon, with vaccines rolling out, with cases lowering, with the promise of hugging our loved ones once again, it can still be hard not to feel fearful. It's hard to not have some hesitancy, some skepticism, some discomfort that things could ever really change. If you don't know me, I am pretty into women being empowered. I love that in the Easter story, the women are the first ones who arrive at the tomb. I love that they're the ones charged with spreading this message, not just to the disciples, but to the entire world that Jesus Christ has risen. So when I read what we just read together, I get pretty frustrated. <laughs> What is Mark doing? Why would Mark write this? Why would Mark end his gospel on that phrase? Then I think of the women again. I think of these women, the ones who are with Jesus all through Jesus' ministry, the ones who have seen him crucified, the ones who have come early to bless his body. These women are the faithful. And... They are also fearful. They still are mourning. They are still grieving. They are the picture of humanity. Their fear has nothing to do with them being women. It has everything to do with them being human and being in the midst of a deep grief. And after hearing the news that Jesus has been resurrected, I can just imagine a little repetitive voice inside their head repeating, does not compute, does not compute, does not compute. Even though Jesus told the disciples and these other followers, these women, that he would be resurrected, in Mark's gospel, they never really get it. They don't seem to understand what Jesus is telling them. If they did understand, they would have followed the body to the tomb. They would have been with the body the entire time waiting for resurrection. Instead, they find themselves in deep despair, trying to figure out how they'll go on without Jesus. The women bring items to prepare Jesus' body. They don't seem to think there's a chance that Jesus won't be there. And when they see that he's gone, when they see that he's risen, they're overcome with fear. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. This pandemic has been scary it's been frustrating to be so driven by fear. It's been hard to see so many different people in our lives have different standards of how they'll keep themselves and others safe. It's been heartbreaking to lose so many lives and to feel helpless in bringing comfort to our friends who are suffering. 
Maybe there have been moments during this season where we haven't said anything to anyone because we were afraid. The good news, friends, is that today is a new morning. Today, we remember the lives that have been lost. We remember the fear that we felt. We do not ignore those feelings. We bring them to the tomb with us. We remember this humble birth of Christ as a baby in Bethlehem and this humble death of Christ on a cross in Golgotha. We remember all of these things and we carry them with us because they are a part of our identities, personally and collectively as a body of Christians. We bring our pain and our fear to the tomb just as the women did. But friends, we can't stop there. We must embrace this new morning. We must remember the unbelievable hope that Jesus Christ gave to a people who didn't expect it, even though it was foretold. We are granted new mornings because of the extraordinary life, ministry, death, and resurrection of a Savior who loves each of us deeply. My fear looks a lot different these days. I'm not so afraid to fall asleep anymore. Actually, I'm pretty eager for the darkness and the weight of heavy eyelids as I drift off to sleep especially with an infant at home. But there are plenty of other fears for me now as an adult. I'm sure most of you can identify and think of the fears that you are holding on to this morning. The beauty of the resurrection is the hope that cuts through our fear. The women said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. This is how Mark's gospel ends. But we know a secret. We know the truth. We know that the word was spread, that humanity did continue to share the love of Jesus Christ. We here today on Easter morning are living testimonies to this. This is our new morning. That Christ's story does not end with the resurrection. This story is only beginning. May we find time this Easter to share our stories, to share of the fear we've felt, of the suffering we've encountered. And together, may we look toward a new morning, hopefully and without fear, because the beauty of the resurrection is the hope that cuts through our fear. Amen.